Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you're all having a great day out there. I was uh, out today, uh, met up with a good friend, a new friend of mine. I actually know the chick from New Hampshire, so uh, we don't get uh, don't get too many of us out in these parts in Los Angeles, but uh, always a pleasure when it does work out, when it does happen. We're going on a hike for a while today, great time. Uh, kind of some, eh, well, let me say chillier weather for LA, but uh, pretty uh, warm and balmy compared to what our East Coast friends are dealing with right now, big time. So, you know, it was about 50 degrees or so, nice, beautiful hikes going up and down getting some good elevation, which was nice for both of us. And uh, anyways, part way through the hike, um, we found this awesome tree and it was kind of like, uh, called the lazy tree, um, but it was like a playground um, where like half of it was really kind of like, had two major branches off from its root system. One was going up high, kind of tall and climbing over, but still had a lot of weight going down. The other one was kind of just along the ground. It was one of those trees and giant branches that just, create this big entanglement of really thick, strong, sturdy limbs that kind of just go along the ground in like 8, 10, 12 feet up. Nothing nothing too high, but a nice nice entanglement of branches all over the place. So we were hanging out there, talking for a while, um, and uh, she starts doing a couple pull-ups, and you know, I mean, she's a dancer, she's into acro and everything, she's used to being flipped upside down, so she's used to all that stuff big time, so... I do a couple too and everything. We're just hanging out, messing around, having a fun time. So when I'm thinking today about Muscle Monday, when I'm thinking about, hey, what kind of what kind of knowledge can I help share here? I was thinking about, you know, just hanging out, you know, out in the woods, doing pull-ups on trees, you know, uh, some of my bread and butter, some of the stuff that I enjoy that's just, you know, crap ton of fun. And I was thinking about the grip strength and the variability with that between you know it ain't just a pull-up bar you got going on that's a uniform width but it's you know tree branches of all different kinds all different uh, lengths and widths and sometimes you're able to kind of grip using the thumb around sometimes you're not and that encourages it like a bunch of different uh, patterns of grip strength and muscle usage based on that with the pull-ups so what better muscle to talk about in relation to all this than the lumbricals and the lumbricals are not these big uh, kind of glory muscles these are not your biceps or your pecs or your deltoids these are not the typical like oh I'm gonna go to the beach to check out somebody with those muscles now these uh, the lumbricals they're intrinsic muscles of the hand which means they're kind of innate which kind of by definition means these intrinsic hand muscles they start and end within the hand We've got other muscles that influence the hand a lot that um, kind of go up to insert inside the hand that act on the wrist a lot. Um, a lot of these forearm muscles, but they start up by the elbow and even a little bit lower and cross over that joint. These intrinsic hand muscles, they're just that. They start within the hand and they end within the hand, having action only within their domain in the hand. So why am I talking about this with pull-up and grip and everything? Um, well, the lumbricals are pretty interesting. And, well, before I get into too much detail, 
let's understand its anatomy just a little bit better. Let's understand the structure before we break down the function of these muscles. So taking a look at the anatomy, we gotta start with the origin first. Where do these suckers start out? And we're gonna break these kind of in half so we don't have a true lumbricle of the thumb. But we've got four different lumbricles and we're gonna break these in half, like I said, kind of doing the uh, kind of lumbricles one and two, which are by the pointer and middle finger. Uh, then lumbric so kind of the two lateral lumbricals by the thumb and then the two medial lumbricals by over by the pinky finger over by uh, your ring finger and fourth finger and kind of in between those two that's where you're going to have your medial two see so your other two so again the uh, the origin of the lumbricals one and two by the thumb is going to be the lateral two tendons of your FDP, your flexor digitorum profundus. So it's on the flexor side. So it starts out on the flexor side. Key point there, I'm gonna overemphasize that. These muscle fibers are unipennant, unipennant. So that means that their pennation, the angle of their fibers, the type of muscle they are is a pennate. So it's not a, uh, a fusiform. It's not just uh, muscle strands in parallel, but the pennation or the angle of pennation helps with the pull strength and the overlap. So with these having, being unipennate, basically has a tendon kind of going straight down and back, tendons are in a straight line. And the angle of pennation is the angle from which these muscle fibers intersect and branch off. So the way that this works is we have a tendon other than for the unipennate, is we have these muscle fibers shooting out of one side of the tendon, kind of as like a crisscross pattern going to the outside from where the muscle actually is off of that tendon. But here's where it differs from the medial two. So the um, medial um, lumbricals, lumbricals three and four nearby the pinky finger, that originates off the medial three tendons of the flexor digitorum profundus. Again, FDP, flexor digitorum profundus, <clears throat> excuse me, over on the flexor side. But these muscle fibers are not unipennate, they are bipennate. So they still have this angle of pennation that we talk about, but instead of just the tendon running right down and the muscle fibers branching off in one way, the bipennate of this muscle influences it by having the tendon run down. So again, the tendon of FDP, the uh, muscle fibers of the lumbricals come off of that tendon and attach on either side. So you can kind of say that the FDP, the flexor digitorum profundus, is the start of the lumbricals. And you could say that the lumbricals technically might not necessarily be their own separate muscle, but are influenced and regulated by the pull and the tension on the flexor digitorum profundus so that all these things do work in a very intimately intertwined group with each other. All right, hope I haven't lost too many of y'all with that. Basically, the ones near the, the two near the thumb, there's a unipennate and on the flexor tendon, and the ones by the pinky fingers are bipennate, and they're also on the flexor tendon. Now, let's talk about insertion. The insertion is going to be a little bit simpler because the insertion is the same whether you're in the medial group of two or lateral group of two. It's going to insert on the lateral extensor expansions of the fingers. 
All I want you all to worry about with this is the word extensor. It's going to insert onto part of the extensor mechanism of the hands. So we have an origin of muscles that are on the flexor side, aka the palm of your hand, but the insertion is all the way over on the extensor side as it gets into the finger, so it crosses over. We've got to be mindful of this as we talk about the action, because again, all that muscle is and all that a muscle does is basically a very neurologically innervated coordinated rope. And we have the rope ability to pull with different fixations and tensions in different areas based on the rest of our muscle um, and our musculoskeletal system. But that's really all it is. It's a rope that shortens and lengthens. So the action of the lumbricals that again originate on the flexor side and insert on the extensor side in the fingers, it's going to flex the metacarpal phalangeal joints, the MCP joints, metacarpal phalangeal. What's the MCP joints? Those are your knuckles, man. So those are your knuckles, the joints of your knuckles. It's easy when you make a fist to see them on the kind of extensor side, on the back of the hand. But these joints also exist on the anterior side. This is where weightlifters sometimes will get their calluses over by having their center of pressure over them. Usually the calluses are actually a little bit more distal, a little bit near more of the finger than the actual joint is itself. So kind of to experiment with this to feel it, take one of your hands, hold it with the fingers extended, put your pointer finger from the other hand on one of your knuckles and put your thumb to try and line it up in the same spot. Bend, so flex and extend your fingers and you'll be able to feel kind of where this joint is on the anterior or palmar side of your hand. So anyways, it's gonna flex that joint. It's gonna flex the MCP knuckle joint because it starts on the anterior flexor side and it inserts on the extensor side. What's it gonna do at the IP joints, meaning the interphalangeal joints? Um, you know, in our fingers, we've got three different phalanxes. Um, so we've got our proximal, distal, and middle phalanx. So the IP joints being the DIP distal, interphalangeal joint, and PIP, proximal interphalangeal joint, it's going to extend those, again, because this muscle inserts onto the lateral extensor expansions, which is connects to the entire extensor mechanism, which is intimately bound together by a lot of active and bypassive structures in there, so that when it acts, it extends everything. It's by the same extensor mechanism that the extensor digitorum is able to extend both the IP joints, when the extensor digitorum really only inserts into your um, proximal phalanx and middle phalanx. But what happens is it also kind of by passive mechanisms extends the distal phalanx along with it. And it does this in such a way that it's able to do this with the passive structures around it with an intact extensor expansion. And this is how we know that we have these passive mechanisms to create stability and congruency and great action within the hand itself. So we went over the actions, we went over origin, insertion, what's missing. Well, again, we, again, we said that muscles are like highly innervated, contractile, neuromuscularly controlled ropes. Well, let's not forget about the kind of neuromuscular control part of it. So what's the innervation pattern behind it? 
again for this time we break up these we break up kind of the lumbricals one and two which is by the thumb and lumbricals three and four which is over by the pinky finger lumbricals one and two the lateral lumbricals by the thumb is going to be innervated by the median nerve c8 and t1 almost as a default rule kind of mechanism most of the structures muscles in the hand are innervated by c8 and t1 that are intrinsic to the hand itself whereas in contrast to the other side of the hand by the pinky finger lumbricals three and four are innervated by the ulnar nerve and that's a deep branch of the ulnar nerve the same part of the ulnar nerve that ends and innervates the adductor pollicis in the hand for again to complement that gripping strength and that is also going to be from C8 and T1. So we've got the origin insertion action and innervation for these lumbricals. And what happens with these lumbricals too is that we've got a whole nother group of muscles in the body. We've got palmar interossei and interossei just means inter is between an ossei means osseous for bone. So between bone muscles which is a lot of muscles. These specifically are intrinsic in the hand. We have dorsal and palmar interossei muscles. And so with these, these help kind of bring the fingers in and out, but they attach on the lumbricals and increased strength from the lumbricals comes to support their action. But anyways, muscles that have a high angle of penation have a limited ability to contract and relaxed in organized patterns in terms of can they really lengthen, can they really shorten to the magnitude of that. So that's where that these lumbricals are at a disadvantage. They can't change their length to an immense degree. But guess what? They're in the hand. They don't need to, so we're good. What does the angle of penation help with? Well, thinking about the physics of this, if you have kind of a muscle like the biceps where its muscle fibers are kind of in parallel doing a lot it doesn't have as strong of an angle of pull along the bone but if you have everywhere along the bone a stronger angle of pull aka a steeper angle of pination aka like these lumbricals do you're going to have more of a the same force exerted on the bone but the same force generated is going to exert a greater rotational torque movement which is how we express movement in our human body anyway. So it takes less force to generate a large output. So a lot of people would say, let's train these lumbricals. Let's get them going to really make it work. Where these work really strong, kind of good isometric stabilization is working in rock climbers, working with rock climbers where they've got to just barely grip onto something kind of with like their, the edge of their fingers and really hold strong. That's getting into that claw lumbrical position. You, you know, they do often have a little bit of flexion at the IP joints too, but it's an isometric strong hold that relies a lot on the MCP metacarpophalangeal, aka knuckle joint flexion in there. So that requires a ton of strength for these muscles um, that rock climbers basically need. It's essential for them to be able to function well with some of these real small kind of gnarly grips that they have. But why this applies for pull-ups? Well, these are muscles that have a strong amount of force. So in theory, if we kind of do less of a all-around grip incorporating a lot of the form stabilizers and we work on the lumbricals, 
hey, maybe we can get, we can one, build the lumbricals up, but also get a really, really strong pull up, irregardless of grip in different positions by the penation of these lumbricals. So when I'm doing pull-ups, or my friend is doing pull-ups, that she's got smaller hands than me, on these large tree branches that have a substantial amount of width to them, we're able to strengthen our lumbricals, to utilize our lumbricals, to be able to go through those motions without having um, undue fatigue with being able to strengthen this muscle. And again, these are muscles that are always activated during anything with a substantial amount of hand strengthening in there. These help with stabilization. These help, like we said, they attach to the extens extensor mechanism. They attach to, attach to the flexor digitorum profundus. So they are always involved. They are always helping and stabilizing to some degree. But we use them as a strong base going off onto other tendons and a strong base for other muscles other intrinsic hand muscles to use to springboard off of to be able to work really hard and work efficiently to get the results that we desire. All right, y'all, that's all I got for you. But again, going with this message of movement variability, movement resiliency, add the variability to your workout. Don't be afraid to do different lifts and different workouts as long as it's safe with different grips and slightly adjusting not to become over-reliant on specifically one um, that can really benefit a lot as long as you're safe when you're doing pull-ups or other variations of pull-ups. That can be a huge benefit for you. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this immensely. We're signing off with another great Muscle Monday. And if you're out there, man, get a grip with these muscles, get a grip on life. All right, y'all, simply not easy.